You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Yeah. We gotta talk. I guess it's time to clear the air once and for all. Clear the air about what? We want to send the right message, don't we? I'm just worried about your comfort. I find victory laps very comforting. You want to talk about this? Not now, not ever. Remember me. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blink and those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. It's another episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. And I'm Glenn Bove. And it's time to talk Pen Ultimate Saul, Glenn. The last episode before the last episode. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, always a difficult time of the year uh, because we know we are we are but mere days away from our final episode of this great fucking show for many many months. Uh, we'll have to soak it in uh, while we can. But boy, we got a great episode here to talk about. Uh, for sure, and let's dive in. Season 2, Episode 9 of Saul called Nailed. Do uh, you remember that spike strip that Mike was making at the end of the last episode? He uses that to ambush one of Hector Salamanca's trucks and extracts uh, a scant amount, uh, $250,000 hidden in one of the tires. Hmm. Uh, what could be happening here? Uh, at a hearing before the banking board... Chuck discovers that the addresses in the files, the ones that Jimmy falsified, do not match, creating a six-week delay in Mesa Verde's plans to build a new branch. A humiliated Chuck immediately suspects that Jimmy is responsible. Dissatisfied with HHM's performance, Mesa Verde decides to sign on once more with Kim. Jimmy and Kim arrive at Chuck's house to pick up Mesa Verde's files, which Chuck has very kindly offered to Kim. Uh, and when they arrive, Chuck is a little surprised that Jimmy's there. He wanted to talk to Kim alone, but figures, why not? Jimmy's here, too. This will be more fun. So Chuck accuses Jimmy of sabotaging the case. Kim, however, sides with Jimmy and claims Chuck simply made a mistake and points out how Chuck had no concrete evidence that his actions have shaped Jimmy... Uh, oh, he has no concrete evidence and that his actions have shaped Jimmy into what he is today. That night in bed, Kim hints uh, to Jimmy that she considers uh, that Chuck was possibly telling the truth and warns Jimmy to make sure his tracks are completely covered. Jimmy returns to the copy store where he altered the files to begin with and buys the clerk's silence. Chuck then arrives to interrogate the clerk uh, in a long arguing match, a shouting match that goes nowhere. Um, Jimmy apparently shut out the right amount of money. Uh, however, Chuck faints due to running copy machines and buzzing lights. 
uh, and his head hits the counter, and Jimmy is secretly watching from across the street, anxious to save Chuck, but reluctant to come out of hiding. <sighs> Meanwhile, Mike meets with Nacho, who suspects that Mike is responsible for the heist of the of Hector's truck. Mike admits his role, saying that he wanted to attract police attention to Hector with the heist. However, Mike is dismayed to learn that Hector murdered a good Samaritan that reported it, which also allowed them to clean up the scene before the police could get involved. Uh, Hector shot this fellow right in the face. Uh, Glenn, your thoughts on Nailed? It was it was so good. It was so good. I mean, <laughs> that was damn fine television. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show really had me from the, the scene at Chuck's house with Kimmy and... Uh, and yeah, and that was the thing is, it's so, like, it wasn't done over the top. I mean, how many other shows they would have been like, okay, cute, yeah, and ramp it up, ramp it up. And, yeah, you know, Chuck's, I mean, I understand, like, you know, Chuck's position, he's got it, you know, he's got to do it. And, which is funny, because that would play into, like, something Jimmy would do. Like, that, that you can see the parallels between them, because they, they do a really good job of making making me believe that they're actually brothers. Yes. Uh, but... And, you know, but then you would have, like, oh, you would think Kim was going to go, and she'd start shouting back. Mm-hmm. But no, she just, you know, very, very firmly states, yeah. you know, how, what he is presenting. And then when she just drops a line, like, you you made him this way. Like, and then just yeah. lays it all out. And it's like, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry mm-hmm. for you. Like, yeah. I feel sorry but, for both of you. You're just, oh. That was, a, that was a brilliant scene. That's, to me, that was the the scene of the episode for sure he the the thing that's great about that is that he was right and she was right yes like they were both right uh and And she didn't argue i mean she just said you know i know she she in a way argued but she never denied the fact that maybe jimmy did it she's just like but you made a mistake and maybe your mistake was leaving yourself that vulnerable to let jimmy come in and do this like what do you think was gonna happen yeah you completely tried to sabotage him and he went tit for tat and you're i mean yeah he may have gone too far uh, but it's sure. not like Chuck's not going to try and go so far and try and get Jimmy disbarred. You know, like it's not, it's just going to get worse. Right. But the, not uh, in a, you know, a Looney Tunes, let's yeah. pull out a gun, this guy pulls out a rifle, then it's a cannon. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's much more subtle and complex and yes. fleshed I, out. I mean, I think it's clear that as soon as Chuck laid this case out, I think Kim believed him. Oh, yeah. I think from the get-go, because Jimmy's face, like, he was standing tall for about a minute. He held up to about a minute of, of barrage from Chuck, and then he just crumbled. You could see guilt all over his face. Like, oh, because she looks over at him. When she looks yeah. over at him, and sh- and she just looks at his eyes, and, I mean, you could tell he doesn't Yeah, he doesn't lie. He, like you said, that's when he starts to kind of shrivel yeah. up in the corner. But at the same time, she really wants this goddamn Mesa Verde case. And she knows what it means. She's she's put her neck out on the line to to quit her job from the safety of this bigger law firm to go out on her own. And she needs this client. No, it's not like they haven't screwed her over either. Sure, you know? sure. Uh, and uh, even though she knows, she lays out a perfectly reason. I mean, we know better because we watched, obviously. But <laughs> she lays out a perfectly reasonable series of events as to why Chuck could have just fucked up and made a mistake. 
you know, he's like, you, you sit here, like, by, practically by candlelight in the middle yeah, of the night. Lantern. By lantern. And it's late, and you're working long hours, and you're older. Like, it's just, you know, mistakes can happen for sure. Like, and and that's how it's played out at the banking board. Like, he doesn't think about Jimmy's involvement during the banking board thing. He just feels like he made a mistake. Uh, you know, and that's certainly kind of how it's played out or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think from the... I mean, and it's obvious. When they get back in the car, she punches the fuck out of his arm. Oh, like yeah. She four is... Or five. Oh, and even when they're in bed together. it's. I love how it ends because it's like you just see him get up. Like, what's he doing? And then you... But you... Right when it goes to commercial, you hear his belt buckle. Like, you know he's getting his pants, and it's like, he's got to go to the copy shop. And in that scene, you know, that was was the part where you have the blowing up. And that, in the setting, makes perfect sense, because Chuck knows, and this is like, this is the only and last thing he needs. Mm -hmm. And he just gives it at all, and that guy is just like, I've been in that position. I mean, like, he played it just as, he played it well with an irate customer, and then it comes to the point where he's like, you know, he probably would have cracked, but when he saw this guy swaying and, you know, going in and out, he's just like, well, I'm not going to tell this guy anything. He's freaking nuts. Yeah. Uh, this guy needs help. And he had other people to help. He had other customers. And, yeah. Uh, God, that was that was so great. And then when he faints, like, the way his head hits that oh, counter God. and, and just Jimmy's falls over. just, call, call, call 911. Yeah. Call 911. And, and then nothing happens, and God, that's such a great tense scene. It's amazing that they can create such tension from a guy fainting in a copy shop. Well, it's crazy. like the tension with Nacho and Mike. Oh, yeah. Again, that could have been a shouty match, and it wasn't. It was just two guys talking, and, like, you know, they have an understanding of one another, kind of, mm. in a way, like, kindred spirits, I guess. Yeah, in a weird uh, way, yeah. Well, because yeah. Nacho is worried that this could come back if the because they they're gonna see the driver, Hector mm-hmm. wants to talk to the driver, and if the driver saw Mike, they might be able to tie Mike back to Nacho, which means death for both of them. And so Nacho's obviously furious. He's he's at one point putting his hand on a gun and shit. He's worried like what's gonna. happen. But he also doesn't mind Mike screwing with Hector because no. it could all you know in a, in a way if it doesn't blow up in his face, uh, you know it works out for him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so there, there was, this was all this was all Mike trying to set up getting the police on onto Hector, uh, and uh, it failed obviously because they were able to clean it up because of the Good Samaritan, uh, who was then shot in the face by Hector, and you could see it in Mike's face too, like he was trying to do something good, and as a result, uh, you know, an innocent person got wrapped up in this and was killed. Uh, which is not what he's trying to do. So no half measures. No half measures. Uh, yeah, this was a this was a great episode. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, I mean, how Mike is pretty much a ex cop Robin Hood. I mean, he stole from drug dealers <laughs> know, yeah, and yeah, gives yeah. to the drunks. <laughs> he buys yeah. around on the house. Gives to the. That's yeah, right. like, the thing is, like, they have enough levity in it, you know, and, and they're just. You know, we talked about it last week, and if you're listening to the show, I, I don't think it's ever going to get old to us talk about it, but it's just so fleshed out. It's just so precise and well done, and yeah. it's a really beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. It's just uh, such good television. It's it's not it's not overly... it's, it's There's not a lot of action in it. Uh, I mean, this is far less action than Breaking Bad even was, and that was not even really an action-oriented 
uh, show. Like it had its moments, but uh, this this show really delivers with uh, with its dialogue, really, and how it's put together. Uh, and the characters are just so damn good. I, I don't think we'll ever get tired of talking about how great the characters are. Uh, but the thing is, like, it's slowly ramping up. Like, yeah. you, you know where it's going. And, and the nice thing is you've seen Breaking Bad and you saw how gradually worse things got. And you could see it happening. And I hope in this finale <sighs> that they show something in the future with with Jimmy, you know, at the Cinnabon. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just it's so good. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do here because they last last season they followed the Breaking Bad formula of doing a huge episode right before the mm-hmm. finale. And yeah, the finale it's a was, thing. Yeah, the finale was AMC. That's what special. they do. Yeah, I don't know if they do that on The Walking Dead, but I mean, no, The Walking Dead they aim for big finales for sure. Uh, sometimes they fail. Uh, I've had enough of talking about that. Okay. Uh, so score for the penultimate episode, Glenn. I'm just gonna say five. You should. I, yeah, it's it was there was nothing wrong. It kept me engaged the entire time. Yeah, you should. I didn't. I didn't want to feel alone when I also said five <laughs> for this episode because uh, it was great. It's a five just for that scene. It chuck's house alone because it was so goddamn great but uh yeah this uh this show is excellent i don't want it to end next week yeah if they if they don't win all of the acting categories for emmys it's rigged they should get something they should like if bob odenkirk doesn't win Mm. if ray seahorn doesn't win if mike doesn't win or michael mckean like it's they all better be at the very least these people all better be nominated i'm sure they will be but uh, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. I guess. Uh, well, I guess we have to say it, Glenn. So we'll say it now. We'll come back next week to talk the final episode of season two of Better Call Saul, episode number ten, called "Click." Best call now, you hear?